Welcome to USURF Spotlight, a new series by the United States Commission on International Religious Freedom, where we discuss major topics and issues in the news and explore how those issues are impacting religious freedom around the globe. Here is USURF Director of Outreach and Policy, Dwight Bashir, leading this week's discussion. Welcome to USURF Spotlight. Today we're going to talk about blasphemy laws globally and their implications for freedom of religion or belief. USURF has long been concerned about the existence and enforcement of blasphemy laws in countries we recommend for country of particular concern or special watch list status, including countries like Pakistan, Iran, Russia, India, Indonesia, and Egypt. In 2017, we released a report on blasphemy laws around the world, examining the human rights problems inherent in the very language of these laws. And now in a new report about to be released next week, we look at the abuses that result from their enforcement. Proponents of blasphemy laws often argue that these laws are needed to keep the peace between religious groups and within society and punish those who insult the sacred but Yusuf has found that to the contrary, these laws not only exacerbate religious hatred, but enable state discrimination and at times foment societal violence against religious minorities in particular. Today, we have my long-term colleague, Elizabeth Cassidy, an expert on international legal issues and Yusuf's director of research and policy to go deeper on these issues. Welcome, Elizabeth. Tell us, what are the blasphemy laws and what countries have them on their books? Thanks so much, Dwight. Blasphemy laws are laws that punish the act of expressing contempt or a lack of reverence for God or sacred things. So they criminalize someone um, expressing views that insult or defame religion or offend or insult or denigrate religious doctrines, deities, symbols, or the sacred, or that wound or insult religious feelings. They're different from laws that are often called hate speech laws, which are aimed at protecting members of religious groups, human beings. Um, Blasphemy laws are intended to protect religious ideas um, and doctrines. USERF is aware of 84 countries that currently have criminal blasphemy laws, and they exist in all regions of the world. Um, that 84 um, country, those 84 countries represent 43.5% of the world's UN member states. So the region with the most blasphemy laws is the Asia Pacific region. 24 countries in that region have blasphemy laws. Sub-Saharan Africa is next with 19 countries in that region having blasphemy laws. Uh, The Middle East and and North Africa or MENA region follows with 18 countries with blasphemy laws and Europe has 14 blasphemy laws. The, The region with the smallest number of countries with blasphemy laws is the Americas in which nine um, countries have such laws. The uh, the punishments can range. Um, The most common punishment is imprisonment uh, under these laws, but there are several countries that have more severe punishments. Four countries potentially impose the death penalty for uh, expression deemed blasphemous. Those are Brunei, Iran, Mauritania, and Pakistan. 
Uh, one country had corporal punishment, which is Sudan. Although earlier this year, the new transitional government eliminated flogging as the punishment for blasphemy, uh, which was uh, a positive step. However, the Sudanese law still carries a penalty of imprisonment of up to six years and a fine. The least severe punishment in these laws are uh, potential fines. It sounds like there's obviously blasphemy laws existing in about half, almost half the countries of the world. Why is this so problematic from a human rights perspective? Tell us a little about that. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, One of the main reasons is fundamental to these laws because they protect religious beliefs or ideas at the expense of the rights of individuals. And human rights law, of course, protects human beings uh, and their rights. So these laws punish the peaceful expression of religious beliefs or of views about religion, which can violate both the freedom of religion and the freedom of expression. Um, They also place government officials, um, whether prosecutors, judges, police, in the position of determining what is religious truth, uh, which should not be at all a matter for, for, for governments under principles of religious freedom. Also, these laws often are discriminatory on their face, meaning they protect some religions and not, and not others, or they're applied unfairly, um, particularly to minority faiths or to dissenting members within a, a, a majority faith. Um, even if they're not enforced, they can chill the exercise of rights. Uh, people would may be reluctant to um, express certain views because they fear uh, blasphemy charges in these countries. And and finally, the very existence of these laws, Yusuf has seen, emboldens individuals and groups to punish perceived blasphemers extrajudicially on their own action or to make false and abusive accusations of blasphemy to settle personal scores. Yusuf, uh, as I mentioned, 2017 uh, study measured blasphemy laws, statutory language against the international human rights uh, principles. Uh, could you tell us what that study found? Absolutely. That that study from 2017 looked at the language of blasphemy laws against indicators based on human rights principles. So these principles included the guarantees of freedom of expression, freedom of religion or belief, principles of due process, principles of proportionality, meaning you know the punishment fitting the crime, um, principles of non-discrimination and equality, and the idea of the protection of privacy. So after this analysis and coding of all these laws, all of the laws were found to violate these human rights principles in some way, and most of them in multiple ways. Some of the most um, serious problems Came, came in several areas. First, most blasphemy laws are very vaguely worded. They don't clearly define uh, the expression or conduct that is addressed. And so they can be interpreted abusively by prosecutors, judges, you know, government officials in, in, in bringing char- and in individuals in, in trying to bring charges. Another major issue from a human rights perspective was that only one third of the criminal blasphemy laws require intent as an element of the crime. So this means that in 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 most cases, in most of these countries, there's no requirement that a person must have acted intentionally in order to be charged with blasphemy or convicted of blasphemy. Another 
um, element that came out from this analysis um, was some of the indications, some of the factors that that made the laws score worse against human rights principles. So the most out of compliance with human rights principles. Um, and those elements um, were the severity of the punishment. So those with the death penalty or very long you know, life imprisonment, um, very long imprisonment scored worse than laws with lower penalties. Um, and the other element was laws that discriminated against, discriminated among belief groups or protected a state religion through punitive measures. So laws where um, one or some religions were protected from insult, but but not others. So obviously we know a lot of countries have uh, blasphemy laws on their books. Some are extreme, uh, you know, the death penalty all the way to fines. We have a report coming out next week uh, that's looking specifically at the enforcement of these blasphemy laws, uh, not just the the fact that they're on the books. What can you tell us about some of the key findings in this new report coming out? Absolutely. We're very excited uh, uh, to release this report, which has been about two years in the making. I don't want to give away all of the the findings, but I can um, provide a general preview. So this new study covered all 84 countries that have criminal blasphemy laws, um, and it looked at the five-year period 2014 to 2018. We had a team of researchers that combed publicly available sources to find cases of state enforcement of these laws. They found 674 reported cases of state enforcement during that five-year period, and those cases were in about half of the countries. 41 of the countries had uh, at least one, if not more, um, cases of state enforcement of blasphemy laws. Interestingly, however, of those 674 cases, 81% of them were in only 10 of the countries. So there, there was a clear demarcation between the countries that widely and frequently enforce these laws and um, others where there were noticeably fewer cases. Um, in the other 43 of the countries with blasphemy laws, again, about half, 51%, there were no cases of state enforcement. So these countries have laws on the books, but they did not enforce them uh, that we could find between 2014 and, and, and 2018. Uh, the report will provide a lot more detail than I'm giving giving now, so urge um, or urge our listeners to go to USERF's website next week and and read it. Um, lots of analysis about which countries did or did not enforce their blasphemy laws, and about the circumstances of of the enforcement. Additionally, the researchers found um, that mob activity. Mob violence or threats of mob violence um, often occurred related to blasphemy allegations and cases. They found among the 674 cases of state enforcement, there were 78 in which mob activity, violence, or threats occurred. They also found 58 incidents of mob activity, violence, or threats around blasphemy allegations in situations where the state did not enforce the blasphemy law. So where an allegation alone um, that was not ever pursued by the state was enough to prompt mob violence or activity. Um, And of the 
incidents where there was this mob activity, violence or threats, nearly 90% of that took place in only four of the countries. And the report will speak more about which four those countries were. Clearly, uh, you know, there's countries that are enforcing these. Um, you know, as long as I can remember, USERF's uh, been urging uh, some of the more extreme uh, countries with these laws to repeal them, uh, particularly those with the worst punishments. What can you tell us about any progress that's been made uh, on, on any countries that uh, may have repealed their laws in recent years? There has has been progress in the in the past five years. Um, since 2015, there are nine countries that repealed their blasphemy laws. Um, these were Iceland, Norway, Malta, Denmark, Ireland, Canada, New Zealand, Greece, and Scotland. So, as you as you can see, many Western countries, um, countries that didn't tend to have. Um, frequently reported cases of blasphemy in enforcement, um, but, but, but nevertheless, still, still important steps. Also, as I mentioned previously, um, Sudan recently reduced the severity of its penalty for blasphemy, uh, and we hope that the transitional government will soon fully repeal its blasphemy law. So these repeals represent real progress, um, but unfortunately there was also backsliding in some other countries in recent years. Um, and we discussed this in the new report that's coming out as well. Uh, since 2014, there were new or amended blasphemy laws that entered into force in several countries, including Kazakhstan, Nepal, Oman, Mauritania, Morocco, and Brunei. We're hoping that the new user for report will help create momentum toward repeal in some or all of the 43 countries that still have blasphemy laws, but where no enforcement was found. Um, advocacy uh, for this step, we, we think should focus on the remaining European countries with such laws beyond those that have, have repealed recently that I already discussed, as well as, as countries in Latin America. Um, in these regions, the governments never or only rarely enforce their blasphemy laws uh, based, on, based on our findings. And if they do, the penalties are less severe, um, but repeals are still important. Um, other more repressive countries with harsher laws and frequent enforcement often point to the continued existence of blasphemy laws in democratic countries to justify keeping and enforcing their own blasphemy laws. So I think we all share the, uh, the, the sentiment that uh, we hope that this report with, with its findings will you know, create this momentum for countries to take it seriously and repeal. But, but what about those still with the worst punishments that haven't really made progress and continue uh, to enforce these laws? I mean, for example, what can the U.S. and international community do uh, to push these countries to either revise as a first step or, or to repeal? Uh, because, you know, we've been urging that for a long time and, and there's always pushback or no action. And, and then the, the other part of that question is, do, do we think that this newly formed International Freedom of Religion and Belief Alliance, you know, could play a constructive role um, in, in pushing some of the uh, repeal in some of these countries? That's a great question. Um, one, one example, Pakistan, uh, comes to mind. Uh, Pakistan has one of the harshest laws, including the death penalty and life imprisonment, and it's frequently enforced. Uh, there often are, is, is mob violence around, around blasphemy allegations, um, but repeal is, is, is very, very difficult in that, in that country. There is, there is strong support for the blasphemy law among, among the populace and uh, those who have advocated 
in favor of blasphemy, um, uh, you know, prisoners being released or for reform of the law have even been killed by extremists. Um, one thing that Yusuf has recommended, the State Department has designated Pakistan as a CPC, a country of particular concern for religious freedom violations, but they haven't taken any concrete action, any concrete, um, you know, step uh, against Pakistan in, in response. What Yusuf has recommended is a binding agreement where the U.S. would enter into an agreement with Pakistan uh, that it take some steps, some concrete steps to get off the list that would include measures, including first reforming the blasphemy laws and then ultimately repeal. Um, reform steps could include things like making blasphemy an offense that the person, the, the accused could receive bail rather than, than being um, held in, in detention pretrial, um, requiring evidence for accusations, which is, is not at this point necessary, and enforcing existing laws against perjury and false accusations to penalize those who bring false blasphemy charges in order to settle personal scores. On your, on your second question about the, the International Forum Alliance, um, yes, I think that that would be a, uh, um, uh, an important issue for uh, the members of that alliance to, to push. The, the alliance does state that one of their priorities is to press for the repeal of laws that violate FORB, um, which certainly should include um, blasphemy laws. Um, also, the Alliance has 31 members at the moment, uh, but seven of them actually have blasphemy laws themselves still on their books. Austria, Brazil, Cameroon, the Gambia, Israel, Poland, and Ukraine. So as a first step, these countries that are members of the Alliance themselves should set a good example and repeal their own blasphemy laws. Well, thank you so much. We'll have to leave it uh, right here. I want to thank again, USERF Director of Research and Policy, Elizabeth Cassidy, for her insights today. You can find USERF's work on blasphemy laws on our website at www.usurf.gov. The new report on global enforcement uh, will be released and added to our website next week. Uh, we'll also be holding a virtual uh, hearing to highlight uh, the findings on Wednesday, December 9 at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. So look out for that one. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on Serve Spotlight.